Welcome to the Witcher Lorecast, where we take a look into the vast universe of The Witcher, such as the games, books, shows, and so much more. Welcome back, Witchers, to another episode of the Witcher Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria, and always with me is my good friend, Toasty. How are you, Toasty? Hello. <laughs> and uh, we got a special episode for everyone for this week. Um, Toasty, what are we doing for this special episode? Um, I, I forgot to open this pre-recording, so you just get to hear it. Uh, oh no! <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, I don't know if that came through. It but did that was not. Crisp. It's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are talking about, uh, in the words of the great audiobook reader. Fuck, I forgot his name. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Dan, what's his name? Uh, oh, the uh, the um, the audiobook reader. Oh yeah. shoot! Oh no! Don't tell me I have to look this up. Is it Peter Kinney? That sounds about. That sounds right. Yes, is yes, it? that is. It is Peter. Peter Kinney, Kinney? Like in the words of the great Peter Kinney, Dandelion. Dandelion. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we figured why not for for uh, to keep in you know theme of Valentine's Day. Why not talk about the continent's uh, greatest ladies' man, the yeah. bard Dandelion. And I can confirm it is Peter Kenny that does the voice. Okay. Uh, for the, I thought it sounded right, but I was like, fuck. <laughs> right. Yes, but Dan Dillion. <laughs> and he only does it for like the first couple books. And then he goes to Dandelion. I like to imagine that he did. And like then he... out of nowhere, I think towards like one of the last books, he goes back to Dandelion. Who, who knows? I think you it might have been Season of Storms or something like that. I can't remember. But it's just like Dan Dillion. It's like that's not how you how you say that. But okay, who knows? It's not correct, anyways. So yeah, also, that's true. If we wanted to be accurate, we'd talk about uh, Buttercup. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. Buttercup. <laughs> yeah. That's his name, Buttercup. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, but strap in. Um, because there's a lot on this dude, as you can imagine. It's not like he's like in the entire saga books, the short story books, the video games, and the Netflix show. So I will <laughs> go ahead and just clarify. I've mm-hmm. talked enough about Yaskier right. from the show, from all of my show reviews. We will not be talking about uh, Yaskier from the Netflix series at all whatsoever. Um, except for maybe if we make references. Um, but other right. than that, no, nothing yeah. about them on this paper. Uh, <laughs> this is all, this is all books and games, <laughs> which is good because that's the canonical stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like, I mean, like yes, is good in the first couple of seasons. Yes. And then... Yes. Gear's just fine in the show. He's probably the only character that I don't like have Has issues with your hatred for <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, not, it's like the main trio, and right. then that's about it, you know? <laughs> so, there's some questionable decisions in season three, but, you know, it's not like it's his fault. Okay. 
we'll go with that. It's the writer's fault. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, starting off with a bit of a journal entry from uh, The Witcher 3, <clears throat> um, which is not the whole journal entry, though. Um, but I've heard rumors that the famous bard and poet Dandelion visited the outskirts. I met Dandelion, who has supposedly always been my best friend. From what I've heard, Dandelion is an indef- <laughs> indefatigable windbag. It's a new word for me. Um, a buffoon and a wastrel. He is also a womanizer with an incredible talent for getting into trouble. At the same time, Dandelion is a truly talented artist, despite his tendency to wander the countryside and eke out a living through occasional performances. <clears throat> yeah, that's a sound about right. And like, if anybody doesn't know, if you go to The Witcher Three, play The Witcher Three, and go to like the journal entries for the characters, they're like six paragraphs long or more. No, I'll be getting into the rest of them, but this oh, really? is the part okay. that doesn't talk about Witcher Three content. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Well, that makes yeah, sense. It's a good intro for it. Um, but anyways, Julian Alfred Pankratz, uh, or Viscount de Lettenhove, better known as Dandelion, um, was a poet, minstrel, bard, and close friend of Geralt of Rivia. Uh, for anyone who wasn't aware of his actual name. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and of course, the Polish it is Yaskier, which uh, I think roughly translates more accurately to Buttercup. Um mm-hmm. But whatever. Uh, also known as, of course, there's Dandelion, Dandelion, uh, the Crimson Avenger, or the Nightingale Prince. Uh, born 1229, uh, he has the hair color of blonde in the books, um, for anyone that didn't know that. Um, but of course, in the games, it is very brown. <laughs> yeah. um, with cornflower blue eyes. Uh, very specific. Um, he is of questionably Redanian nationality, but there's no confirmation really on that. <clears throat> it's speculation. Um, he has the title. <laughs> I was going to say, even if he was Redanian, he doesn't like Redania. I mean, he likes some Redanians, at least in the Netflix show. Well... We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he, of course, holds the title Viscount of Lettenhove uh, or Master of the Seven Liberal Arts and, of course, has the profession of a bard. Um, he's affiliated with Geralt's company, the Redanian Secret Service uh, or the, and the University of Oxenfurt um, and has the abilities of lute playing, singing, and writing poetry and prose. So, very specific talents. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, as for his family, I'm so blurry. <laughs> um, he has both an unnamed father and mother. Um, so, obviously, doesn't like to talk very much about his uh, childhood. Uh, he had the partners of Anna Henrietta, uh, who was a former lover, Vespula, who was also a former lover, and Priscilla, uh, which 
is considered a former lover. I can't remember. Is it in Blood and Wine specifically where he talks about them not working out? Because they were um, fine in the base game, right? I believe. I'm pretty. Yeah, they're fine in base game. It's yeah, Blood and Wine is where if you get the ending of um, basically if you fuck up all your relationships yeah if you <laughs> get you the get most terrible <laughs> ending in blood and wine dandelion shows up and tells you him and priscilla weren't working out and then you have to break the news that anna henrietta is dead mm-hmm. which is also more of a heartbreak <laughs> you're just crushing his crushing his heart so try, don't don't do that don't, don't fuck up the rest of your relationships and he won't show up. It's fine. Yeah. You know? And then if if you don't get the bad ending, then technically him and Dandelion and Priscilla are fine. Yeah. Schrodinger's Priscilla. Um, uh, he also has uh, the relatives of Ferrant de Littenhof, who was a cousin, and an unnamed uncle. A lot of unnamed relatives. Um, but moving on uh, to... The biography of Dandelion. So as for his early life, not much is known about his family except that he was of noble birth and was a cousin of Ferrant de Lidenhove, the royal instigator of Karak. Uh, f- oh, Jin put her shit on the thing and it threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there were... Sorry, there were seven seven liberal arts which were the subjects of secular education. Oh God, what is this? Oh, this is a Jin fun fact. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. So Jin put notes on here. Um, and for everybody listening, we were supposed to have Jin from the two girls one ship on the show, but things happen and she wasn't able to join us. But um, yeah, apparently there were seven liberal arts that were subjects to. Secular education in the Middle Ages and Renaissance, but were, conf- were codified in late Roman um, antiquity. Antiquity words, words, man. Uh, they were divided in the trivium into the trivium, um, grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and the quadrium of ge- geometry, arithmetic, astronomy, and music. So dandelion oh. knows all of this stuff. Dandelion's smart. As much yeah. trouble he gets himself into, he's not like he's a buffoon, but he's not stupid. Yeah, he's a he's a graduate of Oxford Academy, so right. Know, I mean, he, and he runs his own business. I mean, yeah. you kind of have to know what you're doing if you run your own business. Um, but he received his early education in a temple school, where, according to Geralt, literacy was beaten into him with a cane. However, he didn't truly get into poetry until he was 19 after being inspired by his love for Countess de Stale. Dandelion studied the seven liberal arts for four years at Oxford University before later becoming a professor, but only taught students for a year before leaving the academy to travel the world. He would, however, visit Oxford from time to time to give guest lectures. Within a very few years, he gained worldwide fame and became known as one of the best minstrels in the Northern Kingdoms with his best-known song, The Ballad of the Lion Cub of Sintra. Hmm, I wonder who that is. I don't know. I've never heard of it before. Me neither. I guess maybe, maybe we'll find out in the future. Who knows? <laughs> now, uh, 
Of course, we know our story doesn't truly begin for Dandelion until he meets Geralt. Uh, so in the mid to late 1240s, Dandelion first met Geralt at a feat in the town of Goulette in Adern. In Adern. <laughs> Saying those words in consecutive order made me say them weird. Uh, there, the poet had knocked up a girl under the music- musician's podium, and her four sturdy brothers were looking for him all over town, threatening to geld him and cover him in pitch and sawdust. The so-called Valley of Flowers seemed just the right location for the duo's swift escape, as it was supposed to be the edge of the inhabited world, the last outpost of civilization. It was in the small town of Upper Posada, located in a part of the Northern Realms that later became Dolblathana, that the pair had their first adventure together, involving a nasty sylvan and an encounter with Dolblathana's native inhabitants, the elves. During this adventure, Dandelion received his priceless loot from Teruvial. I just want to know how many girl, how many offspring Dandelion has by the end of <laughs> this saga <laughs> the amount of time uh, he probably has so much right like I don't hmm. yeah and they don't have um this is you know set in the middle ages of you know 1200s thir- like within the 1200s there's no like conception devices what's over really there probably is but Probably no one uses Not really. Them. What, sheepskin or whatever the fuck? Or is that a later thing? <laughs> uh, that's probably a later thing. <laughs> probably. Um, I mean, they had, like, the potions and stuff, right? Like, Well, that's true. Well, yeah, had, the, like, there is a world with magic, place. so I guess they can use magic, too. They had potion plan so. B. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> they also had sorceresses, because I think... I mean, I think there's a point where Yennefer restored... I mean, I guess it wasn't his fertility that was the problem. He just couldn't get it up. But I believe, oh like, yeah, part of it was the last like wish, a he helps very strong aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac, yeah. But I'm sure there's like things Opposite that sorceresses can that do as or... like preventatives or whatever. Yeah, probably. There's magic. Magic's a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, later in 1252, Dandelion was in Vitsima and heard word of Geralt being injured and recovering at the Temple of Malit. Melithala in Elander. He visited the temple and spoke to Ninica, trying to win her favor despite her annoyance of him flirting with one of the priestesses. Do, as you do. Don't, don't, don't make Ninica mad. Yeah, though... That's I, the one person you is, don't want mad in any yeah, of the books. <laughs> yeah, but like the thing is, right, is I thought it was weird because like like she has a problem with him flirting with one of the priestesses, mm-hmm. but doesn't she specifically? I don't know if she sins or if she just lets it happen. Doesn't one of the priestesses like come in to like have sex with Geralt? Yes. Yeah. So it's just like okay. So like this is fine. But That's not fine. For you. <laughs> it's because it's Geralt. I guess he gets better. Uh, maybe like, maybe it's a treatment. maybe it's a. Well, maybe it's a fact of sterility. Maybe she didn't have as much concern if, like, because Geralt can't knock up one of the girls. That's but true. But Dandelion can. Well, that might be the that. case. Well, yeah, that's true. Who knows? Um, 
But anyways, after he went and saw Geralt and the two spent time discussing Dandelion's education as well as the lack of work for the Witcher. Later that day, the two left for the city of Elendor. Once they arrived in the city, they were confronted by Dennis Cranmer, Arthur Tales, Talus, and Count Falwick, and Geralt was forced to duel Talus. After the conflict, the Witcher and the Bard returned to the temple and said their goodbyes before leaving. Um, I can't remember specifically. Is uh, Arthur Talus is one of the? Is he one of the Knights of the White Rose or whatever? Possibly, I can't remember on the top of my head. I can't remember off the top of my head either. But I, I just remember Geralt having like trouble with the the Knights of the White Rose here. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, after the first Northern War. So in 1263, during the First Northern War, Dandelion was around the Uruga but fled far north, unknowing of Geralt's fate. He went to Pontvanis in Kovir and Povis to join King Esterod Tyson's court. After a long time, he left the king's company to go to the Hengsforth League into service with King Nidamir. He also became an associate of the Redanian Secret Service, answering to Sigismund Dijkstra. I wonder where we've heard that name before. Hmm. Uh, maybe he's related to Siggy Reuven. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Who <laughs> requested information on King Erbil after Dandelion visited Verdin. In 1266, he performed a concert reciting stories, stories of Geralt and Ciri to over a hundred at the giant oak uh, Bleoberis in Volin. Donamir of Troy, Sheldon Skaggs, and Radcliffe were among those who attended. After sneaking away from the concert, he traveled to a nearby town and visited the brothel Mama Lantieri's. At the brothel, he was approached by the mage Ryans, who was looking for Ciri. After refusing to give up information and attempting to run, Dandelion was tortured by Ryans and the two other men in the pigsties behind the brothel. Yennefer then appeared, scarring Ryance's face and creating a portal for the two of them to escape. Yeah. Let's go, Yennefer. Because <laughs> Ryance is a dick and he should just burn. Yep. Uh, after Yennefer's help in early 1267, Dandelion went to Oxenfurt to report details of Verdin to Dijkstra. In the marketplace, he marveled at the sights and services, noticing he was being tailed by two men and so rode on to Oxenford Academy, where he signed in at the main gate and watched the students and tutors hard at work. And of course, we are talking about specific instances from the book. Right. Um, after he entered the academy, he saw the young student Shawnee and proceeded to pretend to flirt with her uh, as to detach attention from the two men following him. After she promised to deliver a message to Geralt, Dandelion went up to the men who were spies working for Dijkstra. They led him to the spy master, joined by Philippa Eilhart and Ori Reuven for the meeting. Sigismund revealed their true interest was Geralt and asked the bard for information on his location. Dandelion played dumb, having already seen Geralt in Oxenfurt, and so Philippa pushed for information about Ciri instead. After the bard promised to try and arrange a meeting, he left the building and spent several hours lingering around the academy, visiting different fac- faculties until it got dark. He used the night to sneak across the city to Wolfgang Amadeus Goatbeard's house, which is hilarious to me. That's <laughs> such an... <laughs> Wolfgang Amadeus Goatbeard. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, but it was a brewer friend of his where Geralt was staying. After entering through the attic window and discovering Geralt and Shawnee naked, Dandelion revealed Dijkstra's main objective was to find Ciri, and so if Geralt didn't flee, he would be forced to give up information. As the three went to leave through the window, they were interrupted by Philippa, who polymorphed from an owl and told them Dijkstra was under strict orders from King Vitsimir II, and Shawnee revealed that she knew Ryans as he had visited a local store owned by Mirman two days previous. That night, the four went to the docks where they broke into Mirman's house, and Geralt and Philippa tortured him for information on Ryans. They were able to obtain a magic amulet that Geralt used to message Ryans, and before dawn, they prepared to meet him. While Geralt dealt with the Michelet brothers and Ryans, Dandelion and Shani stood on the Palisades watching. After the last brother fell, Shani cried out and attempted to run and heal them as she was a medic, which we know, though Dandelion held her and told her it was too unsafe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but still, I mean, like, for anyone who has watched the show, uh, are you starting to see, because we haven't really talked about this, how distinct the differences were between these stories, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so different. <laughs> so very different. different. Um, to where, you know, now that I'm thinking of they I'm shocked we didn't get sh- sh- well then again uh Ryan's so Ryan's in the books he like he's in the books like for a very long time compared to the Netflix show where they decapitated him like in one s- season and mm. I mean, we had we had him for like two seasons, but like, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, two seasons, but yeah, but he's in the books towards like what Lady of the Lake, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like he's towards the end. The second, what is it? This is second to last book, right? Uh, Lady of the Lake's the last book. There's season yeah, of Storms, and that came out after Lady of the Lake, but that's like a short story book. No, I think he, but he dies in. Is he? Is the ice skating thing in Lady of the Lake? I thought it was yep. the one before. Maybe. Uh, th- okay. I'm pretty sure it's Lady of the Lake. Um, mm. But regardless, like, Ryan's is throughout majority of the saga to where in the Netflix show they killed him off super early to where we will not see this scene with Geralt dispatching his men while Shawnee's in presence. And we I mean, we already saw it, though, but it was it was not... True. It was Yennefer in presence, so... True. I think they just probably wrote out Shawnee from the story. I will be so mad if they do. Oh no! I feel like they did, honestly. <laughs> like, <sighs> well, she's... because we would have already run into it because he's already like the Michelet brothers fight thing already happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dandelion being tailed by Dijkstra's people and meeting up with them has already happened. We've already been to Oxenfurt and done that. Bitsamir's already dead. Like we've already yeah. gone through all of that. Shawnee should have shown up by now. And so that's, if she hasn't, then she's probably not going to be in it. That's so disappointing. Yeah. Anyway, well, enough about Shawnee. This is not a Shawnee. Episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is not a Shawnee episode. Uh, maybe someday. <laughs> uh, definitely someday. It's just, who knows? It's right. that's, Later this year, in three years, I don't know. who knows? <laughs> who knows how long this fucking podcast will go on for? 
because it's already been three fucking years. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be going on. It's coming up on three it. Three years. Uh, what in June, right? In June, yeah. God, but that's not important. What's important is meeting Siri. Uh, so after Oxenfurch, Dandelion stopped in the city of Dorian in Samaria. Hey, Ben, uh, where he told Codringer and Finn of the events with Ryans, somewhat limited by his promise of secrecy with Geralt. He next went with Geralt to Hirondum, the Hoffmeyer family farm, where he would spend nights discussing political matters with Bernie while Geralt hunted a monster. They were deep in conversation during the stormy night of June 29th when the young girl Siri rode up to the farm, followed by Geralt and then Yennefer, all from different ways. The next morning's talk between the sorceress and Witcher included an invitation for Dandelion to accompany them to Thanet Island. The following day, they all went to Thaned, and during the reception at Loxia, Dandelion spent his time collecting gossip from the arriving mages. After the reception, Dandelion found some minstrels and performed ballads to them throughout the night, including Elusive. In the early hours of the morning, however, a large-scale coup took place between the Brotherhood with a mini siding with the North and Nilfgaard, North or Nilfgaard. Dandelion fled the conflict and being told of Geralt's injury and location by Triss Marigold after the beginning of the Second Northern War, he traveled to the city of Brugge. There he met with King Vinslav and told him of his mission to find Geralt so as to receive safe conduct through Brugge, which was met with a royal guard envoy. By early August, they escorted him to the Ribbon River near Brocolon, though left Dandelion somewhat short of the river rank, fearful of the Dryad's arrows. He rode his horse Pegasus deep into the forest where he found and began singing the ballad Elaine Atariel to the druid Fove and her friend who led him to the healing Geralts. So we kind of saw this yep. uh, in the show somewhat. He told the Witcher of the events of the Nilfgaardian invasion, including details of the fall of Rivia and Adern. Fove returned and the three of them noticed a group of Skoyatel breaking through the tree line. Geralt left to aid them, and so Phobes spoke quickly uh, to Dandelion and then returned to the underbrush. After an hour, the Witcher came back with Pegasus and another mare given to him by the Scoyatel before they set off from Brocolon to Nilfgaard, as Milva had told the Witcher of a false Cirilla who had been transported there. Or sorry, unknowingly. So. Yeah, because he didn't know if it was actually Siri or not. He thought it was the real Siri. And of course, this is kind of the storyline where we break off uh, for season three at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Geralt and Dandelion began their journey south, following the ribbon to the Cian Trees Falls, where they planned to march to Verdin and then further onto Sintra along the Yoruga. As they set off and a heavy storm hit, they were surprised by two Havocars, Kolda and his boss. Or Havekers? I don't know. Uh, Kolda and his boss, though, were quickly let go due to the traders mistaking the pair of elves because of their Brocolonian clothes. As they went to leave, however, Imperial agents arrived to grab the Havekers tied up prisoner, Kair Mar Differin Ap Kalek. Hey! What? Kair. Uh, 
While first furious the belief the traitors had killed Kahir due to him being tied up in a coffin, the meeting then turned into a mutiny when the Imperials attacked their so-called allies. Milva then arrived, having been following Geralt's trail, and helped the Witcher kill the remaining Imperials. Spotting the coffin again, the group opened it and untied Kahir, and upon Geralt's first unveiling and near disdain of the Vicavarian, they ambivalently decided to spare his life, untie him, and leave him there to fend for himself. Woo. Woo. Yeah. A lot happens. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dandelion's there for most of the story, so. <laughs> that, yeah. Completely. Um, and then... This won't work. Okay. But, uh, yeah. At that point, um, let's take a quick break. And we'll be back with more uh, Dandelion. Because things are going to change. Because this is really... Uh, is this a new game? Oh, uh, yeah. That was pretty much the end of the book stuff, right? Uh, Yeah. That was it for our book stuff. Because a lot, I mean, he's in the books. I mean, he's in majority of all the books. But to a certain point, like in Lady of the Lake, he's just not there because he's just not present. It's mainly Geralt, Ciri, and Yin. And the bad thing that happens to Geralt and Yin at the end of Lady of the Lake. (laughs) Yep. So. So, yay. But anyway, uh, let's take a quick mid-break and we'll be right back. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. There we go. Alright, welcome to the mid-break of the show where we're talking about everything with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of The Witcher. Here we want to thank all of our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And if you want to support the show, um, you can go to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast to get ad-free episodes or even join us once a month on the show. And a special shout-out to our higher vampire, Jared M., who gets a shout-out every week. Uh, you can also support us on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five-star review on Apple. We'll read that out loud the next time on the show. As well as a Spotify comment, which um, we don't have any new Apple reviews. And for some reason, Spotify won't work for me. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to that next week. So I'm sure we'll have comments. Who knows? I don't know. I'll find out next week. Um, but you can also find us in a few different Discord servers, the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net, as well as my own Discord server, the Ben and Friends Podcasting Discord, which are the links uh, provided below in the description of the episode. And, yeah, I think that's it. Right? That's pretty I much think it. as well, and it looks like we don't have any Spotify comments anyways, so we're good! Alright, cool. All right, so with that being said, let's get back to it. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, we're back, and now we are in the game canon. 
Yeah, which, to be fair, we're about to jump uh, very quickly because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, as for game canon specific only, uh, in 1272, Dandelion was contacted by Siri for aid in fixing a phylactery, which could either be used to cast or lift a curse. Siri kept her objective to herself, and, and Dandelion was unwilling to pry any further. Unfortunately, with mage hunts going on in Novigrad, Dandelion decided to turn to Horson Jr., a member of the Big Four Crime Lords of Novigrad. Junior agreed to find someone to repair the phylactery, but for a steep price. He wanted Dandelion to steal Siggy Reuven's treasure and who was another big four. So, as for people who played The Witcher 3, uh, this might sound a little familiar. Yeah. Yeah, so. Wait, so who's the Siggy Reuven guy? Is he related to uh, Dijkstra? I think so, yeah. He seems. <laughs> Pick the relatives. That's what that 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 ladies, gents, and them's uh, is what you call a callback right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, the dandelion eventually conjured up a plan with the help of Dudu and Kalkstein, and while he succeeded in getting the treasure, the commander of the temple guard, Caleb Minga, fuck that guy, found out and took the treasure for himself. Believing the Bard had betrayed him, Horson Jr.'s men chased Dandelion and Siri all the way to Temple Isle. Siri managed to barely escape from being killed by teleporting away, but Dandelion was unfortunately captured by Minga's men and was jailed while Minga waited to publicly execute the Bard in Oxenfurt. Yeah, so um, long story short, um, fuck Kayla Minga and Horson Jr. Yeah. They both can die. If you, had, if, if you had to pick one to kill, though. Mm. If only one. Oh, darn. That's a that's a toughie. I don't uh, think it's a toughie for me. I have to I, pick Horson Jr. That's, He's like yeah, real bad. That's bro. who I was going to pick, too, is Horson Jr. I was like, I was like at least with you, Minga, want... you don't walk in a room where he's got... Mm like impaled bodies of women hanging from the ceiling and like in a tub like that. He, oh. Plus he has like a set of rules he goes by. I'm like, okay, I can somewhat understand. You're still a terrible person and you probably, and you sh- you definitely should burn and die, but mm-hmm. Horson Jr. would just do anything to anyone regardless of consequence. Yeah. But it's fine. And we don't he, have to make also, you know, or, or, you know, just play the game and you, both can happen. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we we can kill Horson Jr. But, like, Absolutely. technically speaking, we can let Triss kill Caleb Minga and we don't have to worry about it. Also true. Yep. Um, Which I normally let Triss take it because. I also do. She deserves that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, as for his unknown balance. During his travels with Geralt, Dandelion started to write his memoirs entitled Half a Century of Poetry, twice in fact. His first attempt was lost in the bottom of the Duchess of Toussaint's closet after the poet the poet was banished from her duchy. But rather than bemoaning that loss, the poet decided to rewrite, rewrite his memoirs from scratch. 
His poems were later bound in two collections, The Adversities of Loving and Time of the Moon. The following are the named ones. Uh, Elaine Atariel, Elusive, The Stars Above the Path, and Winter or the Eternal Fire. <laughs> just named ballads. And you can't uh, go without toss a coin to your Witcher from the Netflix show. Burn Witcher Burn too. Burn Witcher, yeah, Burn Witcher, uh, Burn Witcher Burn is also really good too. Mm-hmm. He didn't really uh, have like a really like good like banger from season three, like season Ride Witcher two. Ride. I, I can't remember. Yeah. They, it was like, but they didn't do it until the end credits. Oh, which that's is weird. true. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. He didn't they do it do in it, the like, show. In the he show. did it. Yeah, it was a weird one. But like he was writing it, like as they were like in Broccolons, so I guess it kind of makes sense because you saw him mm-hmm. actively working on it. True. So, mm. uh, but yeah, moving on to a bit of his stuff from the games, um, we have stuff from all three. Whoa, uh, what? No. <laughs> so in The Witcher 1, Dandelion is an avid dice poker player, a sharper rank. From Chapter 3 onward, Geralt can play him for the sheer pleasure of the game and Orin's, but officially it is only in Chapter 4 that he can play the bard as part of the sharper quest. Uh, oh, fuck. I said, read, I said the wrong thing at the beginning. This is the continuation of The Witcher 1 journal entry. Uh, that is that is what we started the show with. Um, anyways, Dandelion got into trouble and I had to help him out. Everything I've heard about him has proven to be true. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Dandelion somehow convinced Triss that I needed him and she teleported him here. He has joined me in my exile in murky waters. I ran into Dandelion again, and I think it was no coincidence. Either Dandelion wants to aid me in my search, or he wants to witness the end of this journey so he can compose a ballad afterwards. It could also be both. No, in him, it's both. <laughs> it's both, definitely both. Uh, now, there is a little bit of an uh, extra journal entry from the Side Effects Premium module. A troubadour and bon vivant. Dandelion is an old friend and companion known for his promiscuous lifestyle and romances. He also has an incredible talent for getting into trouble. Ain't that the truth? Absolutely. Which you'll find out how he gets into trouble when you meet him in Witcher 2. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of, Dandelion first appear in, appears in Flotsam as he's about to be hanged at the main square for debauchery and burning down one of Flotsam's buildings. Which, by the way, isn't Flotsam, like, super fucking wet? Like, how right? do you manage do to you do that, burn, bro? How do you end up burning a building when it's, like, always In the middle wet. of a fucking... Yeah, like, this is wild. It's just like a swamp um, and wet. Yeah, Geralt, Triss, and Vernon Roche, for whom Dandelion has secretly been working as a spy, come across this scene and deal with the problem. As for his journal entry, uh, a bit of a long one, as it does include uh, different paths in it. Uh, It is always awkward to write about oneself, yet I cannot shirk this duty. In an attempt, and by the way, the Witcher 2 ones are written by Dandelion, so it's very... Um, in an effort to preempt any accusations of partiality, I shall set down the humblest of notes relating only the best known facts. Dandelion, in reality, the Viscount de Littenhove, 
though titles are unimportant, is a certified troubadour, a lecturer at Oxford University, a persona known among society as a charmer, poet, dandy, and unparalleled lover. Yes. Humblest of notes. Oh my gosh. Almost say, everyone oh yeah, north. titles definitely aren't worth much. Yeah, but I said it anyways. <laughs> Almost everyone north of the Yuruga has heard of him, and those who have not are either boars or simpletons or both. Yes, humble facts. As a result of which their opinions do not matter in the slightest. Dandelion played a significant part in the most important events of the era. He loved, fought, negotiated, and acquired immense knowledge, even that of the forbidden variety. His works are a testimony of the times, but it is his moving poetic tropes that have brought him true fame. The important thing in this story is that Dandelion was a friend to Geralt of Rivia, possibly his only true friend. That part is the only accurate thing that has been stated in this whole fucking thing. Yep, that is so true. <laughs> he was Geralt's confidant and visor and companion in misery, for it was impossible to experience good fortune in the Witcher's company. <laughs> what Geralt did, Dandelion faithfully recounted, and one should not give credence to those who accuse this humble chronicler of confabulating. Discretion, a virtue I have always professed, obliges me to remain silent about the circumstances in which, through the person of Vernon Roach, I began working with the Temerian Intelligence Service. Suffice it to say that there comes a moment in everyone's life when, facing great events, they cannot remain indifferent, and so I could not stand aside as history took shape before my very eyes. My dedication to the cause brought me to Flotsam at the time. There... Through an unfortunate incident involving twins at the local brothel, a town guard, a dog, a cat, and an oil lamp, I wound up on the scaffold in the town square from which I barely escaped with my life. I don't... I, I don't know how to respond to all this. It's... Oh, I it's love so the, good. I love, the, I love the Witcher 2 journal entries because he is just good. freaking hysterical. They're, biased as hell oh absolutely so uh, this is where it splits so if Geralt chooses Roche's path during the end of chapter one obviously when Geralt decided to continue his search in King Hensel's military camp located in a borderland so soon to be engulfed by the flames of war I chose to accompany him for the Witcher could at times be naive as a child and knew as much about politics as a ghoul knows about cooking <laughs> Thus, the chances were slim to none that, bereft of my help, he would manage to find new leads without getting embroiled in some trouble along the way. As his friend, I clearly could not allow that. In hindsight, the pamphlet against Hensel's rule could have been better written, yet I am pleased with it anyway. I'm not accustomed to ignoring human misfortune, and Hensel made a mistake when he insulted art. I was merely the instrument of retribution. <laughs> of its retribution. <laughs> <laughs> when Geralt and Roche headed for Loch Muin to meet their destiny, I had little desire to sit in Hensel's camp. Despite their victory, the Kaidwini's mood was as sour as milk in the udders of a dead cow. <laughs> Therefore, I packed up, <laughs> resolving to reach Loch Muin in time to witness the important events transpiring there. This was not to be, however, as Geralt's arrival accelerated events as usual. Thus, I know the rest of the story only from the accounts of others, yet I presented here as faithfully as possible. Anything omitted was surely not worth a mention in the first place. 
So good. Uh, Geralt chooses Iris' path during the end of chapter one. Obviously, when Geralt decided to continue his search in Vergin, located in a borderland soon to be engulfed by the flames of war, I chose to accompany him. Uh, a lot of this is the same uh, for the first paragraph. Having taken part in many adventures by Geralt's side, when he asked for my help, I agreed without hesitation. I had already been imperiled when helping him in less rewarding tasks than using poetry to lure an unparalleled demonic lover. Thus, I had the chance to risk my life in the name of the three most beautiful values, friendship, poetry, and love. There was no other decision to make. Geralt and Ireth headed for Loch Muin to meet their destiny, yet I decided to stay in Vergen a bit longer. I had more than enough material for new ballads. Therefore, I fought the urge to reach Loch Muin in time to witness the important events transpiring there. And that final sentence is the same as the last. So... But yeah, that's oh that was fucking good time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Yep. Uh, now moving on to uh, a much more familiar one, uh, The Witcher 3 journal entry. Oh, I would wager anyone that you, dear reader, are a person of culture and taste and therefore already familiar with me, Dandelion, and the role I am to play in the following tale. So and if yeah, no one uh, no one knows. Uh, Dandelion's the one narrating the entire game when you go to new play, go to different lo- um between loading screens, mm-hmm. um, and or when you start your game and all that, or you, once you get to a new act, he's the one narrating the entire thing. Yep, as he does. Nevertheless, allow me to sketch a few lines by way of self-portrait for the sake of thoroughness, and in the event you have spent much of the last half century in some dark corner where the light of my star has yet to reach. Born in 1229, a talented poet and troubadour, a graduate of Oxenford Academy, a frequent performer at royal courts, an unequaled lover appreciated, and in some cases adored by ladies worldwide, a skilled negotiator, and a stirring orator such as the image of the bard dandelion as painted by his friends and promoters more like painted by himself <laughs> the image is of course somewhat overbright in its coloring i personally prefer to think of myself as a dedicated artist enthralled to his muse one whose work has benefited immeasurably from the fact that i was am and forever will remain a close friend and steadfast companion to the witcher Geralt. It is his fate I chronicle in this present work and his story, which I shall sing till the end of my days. You mean because it makes the most profit? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and, and you know what? You're famous? <laughs> more, more than Dandelion learned this, uh, learned this in this game as Priscilla sings a ballad about Carol to Unifer. <laughs> yep. Having learned of my disappearance, Geralt dropped everything to find out what had become of me. Though at first he suspected the cause of my trouble lay in my many and turbulent affairs of the heart, he later determined that I had strayed into a life of crime, seeking to steal treasure belonging to one of the leaders of Novigrad's underworld. The motivations for my actions became clear sometime later. I proved that when it came to helping Cirilla, I would not balk at sticking my head into the lion's maw, let alone crossing such common scum as Cyprian Wiley, better known for good reason as Horson. 
Only a madman calls it courage to fight when faced with overwhelming odds. Also, just throwing it back to I would not balk at sticking my head into the lion's maw. Isn't that Siri, though? No, good point. She is the lion cub, so true. I think at this point in Witcher 3, we can just call her a straight-up lion. Or <laughs> Uh, true because she like you know goes and she's a grown-up badass now (laughs) yeah and like wrecks everyone that gets in her way oh yeah but anyways uh though known for my capricious and unpredictable charm i am not yet considered mad and so while defending my companions escape to their the very last i ultimately allowed the temple guard to take me to their prison where i awaited my imminent execution The saying does not lie. True friends show when fortune hides her face. My dear comrades gave ample evidence of this by breaking me free from my prison transport, saving me from certain and painful death. Yeah. 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 So, um, and to wrap up uh, the show, we have one last entry from the Witcher adventure game. Which is on PC. Mm-hmm. So Julian Alfred Pankratz, Viscount the Lettenhoe, better known as Dandelion, a minstrel poet and lecturer at the Oxford Academy, and also the best friend of Geralt of Rivia. His love of women, spirits, and the sound of his own voice is constantly getting him into trouble and then providing him the means to get out of it, which is the best fucking line out of any of these. I'm not yep. even going to lie. Those who underestimate him commit a grave error. This seemingly harmless bard is capable of unmatched feats of intellect and diplomatic maneuvering. A friend to kings and a lover to the most influential women in the realm, one word from his lips can carry more power power than an army of tin-plated brutes, provided it's not interrupted by a wine-scented belch. And you know what? Normally speaking, this does seem like a boast, but, I mean, he was bagging... The Duchess of Toussaint. So, like, that, yeah, there is some merit in it. Like, yeah, yeah, he's it's not just for like, um, throwing his like weight around. It's like, oh, I'm a womanizer. It's like, well, no, he apparently has enough charm to, you know, seduce a ruler of a nation. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you know, there's some merit. There's some merit to his, uh, to the sound of his voice. Um, thanks to his vast network of contacts, Dandelion rarely engages in combat. He has others to do the dirty work for him. To fuel his vagabond yet lavish lifestyle, the minstrel needs a hefty amount of cash. Therefore, when he's not drinking, you'll frequently see him giving concerts and also providing that extra special encore for the ladies in the audience. Be it a slap on the cheek or a fat purse, the man always gets his share. Dandelion is a force of chaos and serendipity, the only person that can turn a hopeless situation into a surefire success and the other way around. He finds silver linings where others see only dark clouds, yet frequently to his own peril, he can't keep his mouth shut when silence is worth far more than twice his weight in gold. Yeah, because he loves (laughs) the sound of his own voice. Yeah, he does. Oh my gosh. Um, and also, I have something to add, too. In the Witcher uh, tabletop game by Artosorian, if you play the um, characters that are from, like, you, there's Geralt, Yen, Dandelion, you have all the characters from the Witcher universe. 
that are um, pre-created that you can play as, Dandel- <laughs> Dandelion stats are all one higher than Geralt's. <laughs> yep. Because that book that his stat block was released in was written by him. <laughs> yep. He written himself. <laughs> There's the base game one and the base one where it's like traditional, like what he would have. And then there's a, a tale of ballads adventure uh, add on they did to add more pre-created adventures for you. And they did a new character sheet for him to where he has one stat higher than in everything to Geralt. So you can play a beefed up version of Dandelion. <laughs> Shout out. Cody Pondsmith for making such a great and flavorful. <laughs> yes. Um, please, please have that come back from hiatus. Um, I, I need more of the TTRPG stuff. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure they're working on it. Oh. Yeah, I know they're, they're working conjunction with CDPR because of the new games and everything coming out. Mm-hmm. They don't want contradictions in the lore, which makes perfect sense. But yeah, shout out to Cody for Artosorian. Great stuff. Go check their stuff out. Um, I don't have... Do we have any else to add about Dandelion or Dandelion? No, that's about it. See, we got all through that with one episode. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We got this. But um, So, Toasty, shout out what you are working on. I know you have... um, I have significantly less podcasts than you. Uh... With the Cyberpunk Lorecast. Um, and we just uh, recorded this past Saturday the last episode of uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, so that is come to an end, though they're still going to be releasing episodes for a bit because we had quite the backlog. So that's good. Yeah. So you recorded the last episode, but episodes are still getting released. Yep, though I think it is coming up towards the end, if I'm not mistaken. I don't yeah. know, but look out for that. Um, it was uh, it was a good time. Um, That's good. That's awesome. And you can also find me on all my other shows, the Holocron History, Star Wars Canon vs. Legends, the Final Fantasy Lorecast, and the Wizarding World Lorecast, all part of the Robots Radio Network. And you can find those shows live on my Twitch channel at Ben of Tamaria on Twitch uh, to go follow and get notified when I go live so I can get affiliate status because I am close. I'm over the 2.0 mark. I'm at 2.07. I need three average viewers. Just need to get to that three. I hit affiliate. So everybody watching, tuning in, thank you so much. Uh, I know I've been getting a spikes on views recently, so every view helps. Thank you so much for everyone. But uh, thank you for listening to the Witcher Lorecast, and stay safe on the path. Thank you for listening to the Witcher Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can find us on the Ben and Friends podcasting Discord, where you can share your thoughts, comments, or even experiences with the Witcher lore. You can also find us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast.